Hello and welcome to the OptiSeller podcast, the place where we give data and advice to marketplace sellers. I'm Dara Gallagher and today I'll be joined by Cathy Terrell, one of the world's finest eBay sellers and influencers on the marketplace. In today's podcast, Cathy Terrell talks about everything from how she got started selling on eBay, what she values the most and what she thinks of the eBay mandates. If you look at the big retailers that stay successful, it's because they're constantly pivoting and changing and reinventing themselves. Um, And if you don't do that, you just don't last. And please do stick around till the end. I'll be telling you how you can get 30% off monthly for the OptiSeller plan of your choice. Each month, OptiSeller will bring you the best data and advice for selling on marketplaces. So let's get selling. Today we have the chat with Cathy Terrell, who is our brand ambassador and 100% the perfect first guest to have on the podcast. She has 15 years of experience selling on eBay and speaking to her, you can just tell how much she loves selling online. She supports sellers through her website, ilovetobeselling.com and her Facebook group supports sellers of all sizes. She even has her own podcast, which is called the I Love To Be Selling podcast. I'm sure you'll get some great insight from Cathy and you'll feel really motivated to optimise your store and use her advice. I hope you enjoy and let's get started. Hi Cathy, how are you today? I'm good Dara, thank you for asking. Good, good. And how does it feel to be the first OptiSeller podcast guest? I am very honoured. This is super (laughs) fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Should we just jump straight in? Of course. Yeah, great. So I thought it makes sense to first ask, what is your earliest memory of eBay? And had you heard of it and used it a lot before becoming a seller? I was a very casual shopper. Um, Truthfully, right before I came to eBay, I was on QVC. I was a product presenter. Oh, wow. And because of that, when you, you know, when whatever you're sort of around, I mean, I, I was at QVC a lot. I was watching a lot of presentations because when you present on QVC, you're typically there hours before your presentation because you have to meet with a host that you're going to be selling with. Um, but for that reason, you're there hours before. So you're watching a lot of presentations and you're meeting a lot of other wonderful presenters. And mm-hmm. you end up shopping on QVC quite a bit <laughs> because of that. Very similar to selling on eBay and being around a lot of eBay sellers. But because of that, really, most of my online shopping was QVC because I knew the product mm-hmm. so well and I knew the presenters. Um, a little bit of eBay. And truthfully, I came to eBay. Um, my sister, um, my sister, Diane, taught me how to sell on eBay because oh, really? what happened? it was. So what happened for me was, um, so I shopped a little bit on eBay. I was aware of it. But again, my focus was really on QVC. And then my mom got sick. Um, And my mother was living in New York City at the time. I live in New York City. And um, I was commuting to QVC, which is in Pennsylvania. Um, Mm -hmm. And the commute was getting rough because I was going back and forth to QVC. And then my uh mother's health really turned for the worse. And she was going in and out of the hospital a lot, um, having to go to the doctor a lot. Um, So I talked to my husband and I'm like, this is really getting tough with running back and forth to Pennsylvania, then running to the hospital with mom. I said, I really need to not be commuting. I really need to be home-based so I can really show up for mom. I really thought it was going to be about maybe six months, eight months, a year, because I thought she would regain her health and I thought she would get better. And what happened with my mom was her her health continued to decline. I was very glad to be there. I was very glad to be in a position. Um, We rejiggered our family finances. 
Um, but because of that, again, you know, you're at the hospital, you're doing doctor visits. If you've ever done elder care or had a sick relative, but there's a certain amount of time you're free during the day. I have, you know, I would have chunks of time that I was free. So I looked around for something really flexible. It's like, okay, I need a job that's really flexible, um, that I really control the hours, that I can bring a little bit of income, you know, in for my family. And the other thing was living in New York City, we don't have basements and we don't have attics. <laughs> so we have closets that get very full. And I said, you know, I could start decluttering, just getting rid of some things that I knew had value. And I, I immediately turned to eBay again, my sister had done a little bit of buying and selling on eBay. And I had another friend selling on eBay, um, Matt, who actually sold a few things for me. And he turned to me because I was handing him things. And he said, I really don't have the time to do this because <laughs> he was busy with his regular job. He said, you really need to sell this yourself. I was like, Ugh. so he taught me some basics and my sister and I got selling on eBay. That's so interesting. I feel like that would relate to a lot of people as well. Like people that have started up during the pandemic, it's more of a, how can I make money now that my situation's changed? So I think a lot of people relate to your story. So what happened for me was my mom passed. And so then I was looking around, um, you know, what do I want to do full time? So, and for me, I said, you know, I love eBay. I had found I really enjoyed it. Again, I started very part-time, very casual, very side money. Um, but I said, you know what, I bet I can scale this. Um, and that was my intention. I gave myself two years and I actually accomplished it in one year um, to grow it to a full-time endeavor. And how many years has that been now that you've been selling on eBay? I've been selling over 15 years full-time oh, on wow. eBay. Yeah. I came to New York City as a performer. Um, my degree from college is in theater. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, and that's actually how I met my husband, who's also show business. So while I was working as a performer, performing is very sporadic work. You may have work for a month, a week, a couple of days, um, but then you have no work for a week, a month, or a couple of days. Yeah. So I started doing a lot of retail merchandising and display work because it was relatively flexible. Um, it was something I really enjoyed. And I did that for years. So I have a lot of retail experience. And then I was on QVC for six years. Um, and if people don't know, it's a shopping channel here in the United States. You go through a very extensive training. Um, it's absolutely fascinating. They sell a huge array of items, not quite as wide an array as eBay, but a very mm -hmm. large array of items. So it's fascinating because you learn a lot about different categories. You learn a lot about what works in selling, what doesn't work in selling. You also learn a lot about customer service because their customer service is really superb. And then, so then when I went to scale my eBay, I was like, I've got all this retail experience and taking mm -hmm. that and then putting it through the eBay filter, you know, what's going to work online, what's going to work in a digital listing. Um, QVC was actually really helpful with that because you're selling on a, through a television set at the time. So it's all visual and it's very different when you're selling something visually and text, which is eBay. QVC is all visual. Um, I've certainly changed the way things are done just because eBay's changed the way things are done. Um, and you do need to keep pivoting on your inventory. So no matter what niche you're in is it's going to change and you need to keep yeah. a pulse on, you know, keep a, a finger on your pulse of what is working and be willing to let go of things when they don't work. And that can be challenging for sellers because they're like, Oh, but this worked two years ago or six months ago or a year ago. Um, and it's like, yeah, but it's not working now. And you really need to keep abreast of 
what is current. And that's one thing I bring to my sellers, um, what's current and what is working now. And also what's working for your niche or your vertical. If you look at the big retailers that stay successful, it's because they're constantly pivoting and changing and reinventing themselves. Um, and if you don't do that, you just don't last. And, and also listening to your customers. The great mm -hmm. thing with eBay, and people don't realize this, I believe eBay was the first site um, with customer feedback, you know, right on the, you know, on your listings and stuff. So the great thing about that is, and I, and I tell um, my eBay sellers this all the time is, it's well worth your while to perhaps once a week, just go and look at your feedback and look at what they're saying. Like I was actually, I was just looking at mine, especially this time of year and, and we're, we're talking, you know, Q4 holiday season is I really watch for comments on shipping because shipping can get very slow at the holiday season. So far we're good. And I'm like, yay, because last year holiday was a disaster, but look at what they comment on. And so what I noticed for myself was, wow, you know, how fast the shipping is, talking about packaging, item is described. So what that tells me is the way things are packaged matters to my buyers. The speed of shipping, now obviously none of us control you know, the post office, but I can control how quickly I package and get it out the door. Um, particularly this time of year, I do one day handling all the time, one business day. And when I can, particularly at holiday time, do same day shipping. Like I had an order come in this morning early. I packed it and it will go out today. Now orders that come in later today, no, they'll wait till tomorrow morning. You were talking about change and adapting yeah. and especially the customer feedback aspect, it kind of shows that eBay have always put that as like yes. a priority, like making sure the customer is satisfied, which kind of makes sense with the eBay mandates, I would say, just because yes. they're kind of looking at what the customers are valuing what they're yep. searching for, how they're filtering, and then making sure that their sellers are working on those things. Um, so what is your take on the eBay mandates? They vary a lot. Um, some you read and you totally understand. You're like, yes, yes, yes. And others, you're sort of scratching your head. Um, mm -hmm. But for instance, like the ones that just came out recently, there's always category changes. Um, so that's the, the, the way the categories are laid out um will change and the subcategory so sometimes the main category is the same but it's the tree underneath is what changes and whenever there's a category change there's item specific changes or aspect changes some of the categories will make sense some of the category changes sellers just sort of run screaming out of the room like for instance recently with the one that just came out um i know because i have a couple of friends in this category the postcard sellers really um, had a rough time with the recent category changes. They felt that some of the, um, what they did to the subcategories just did not make sense. So what's the, the best thing with something like that, when you see a big change like that, one is you, you comply because if you don't, it's gonna hurt you in search. So regardless of what I may think of it, like I think, you know, this is not the most sensible thing I've ever seen. I do need to immediately incorporate whatever the changes are because your aspects, your item specifics, using them impacts you in eBay search. Um, and most likely also web browsers like Chrome, excuse me, not Chrome, like Google, like um, DuckDuckGo, is that 
the way that eBay um, is interpreting your data, it's from a lot of it's from your item specifics or your aspects. Also, your title is very important. So whenever there's a change is to comply. If you don't like what it is, like you think, for instance, like with postcards, that you're very unhappy with what eBay's done, there's always um, actually when the um, the mandates come out, there's always um, there's forums in eBay community. There's usually feedback buttons, you know, on the mandate itself. Um, in the United States and Canada, there's an eBay for Business Facebook page on Facebook that's run by eBay Customer Service in the U.S. You can always message them through Facebook and just say. I'm a postcard seller, here's my ID, because you do want to identify yourself. Um, this is my feedback for the team on this recent rollout and let them know because there always is the opportunity of a tweak to what has happened to what has rolled out. One thing with eBay, which was not true years ago, um, is it's extremely seller responsive now. I would say in the past, eight, nine, 10 years, it's really become much more seller friendly. It really listens to sellers. Now it may listen to you and not do what you like, <laughs> right? But they listen and pretty much anything they roll out, any program, any change, there has been seller input at some point along the way. But when you see a rollout of, of a policy or a change and you're not happy with it is always give the feedback Again, the answer can be, we hear you and they're still doing what they're gonna do because they have their reasons and they may not tell you those reasons publicly because of that, but it's always worthwhile to give feedback. But then whatever the mandate is, um, for instance, top rated seller status in the United States, I'm assuming it's the same worldwide, um, to get the 10% final value fee discount, which you can qualify for once you're top rated, you need to do um, free returns. Now, a lot of sellers don't like that. They don't like doing free returns. It doesn't work for them, but they still want that 10% final value fee. <laughs> well, when eBay mandated that, which was a couple of, couple of years ago, a lot of sellers were very unhappy. But what eBay is doing is they're incentivizing free returns. They want you to do free returns. Why? Because customers like free returns. It's good for eBay. So then you have a choice as a seller of whether you're going to do free returns or not. And what I always counsel people is look at your returns. Do you sell in a category? I'm trying to think I've got stuff flying around. So let's say I've got a pen on my desk. So let's say I sell pens and I never get returns. Never. They just, they, it doesn't, try it. See what happens. I always say, you know what, if all of a sudden, like all of a sudden your, your return starts skyrocketing because you're doing free returns, then stop it, but try it. Now there's category that, you know, you regularly get returns in. Um, this can happen with eBay um, automotive because people order parts and they don't do their homework and they may even order three or four parts and figure, well, I'll try the one that works and then I'm going to return the ones that don't work. So if you're in a category like that, where you know you get a lot of returns, then free returns may not work for you. But I do see an automotive, um, and it's usually the really big sellers, they build it into their business model. They know they're gonna get returns, but they can absorb it because they are a very large seller and they build it in. You as a smaller, and by large seller, I mean that they are a huge thousands and thousands and thousands of listings, most likely a multi-million dollar seller on eBay. They can afford it. You as a smaller seller, 
right? You may have under a thousand listings um, or your margins are just tighter because of the way you source. You're not able to do that. So it's always go and look at your data because if you don't get returns in the category, do it because that 10% final value fee discount can really add up and be a nice chunk of change. So that's why I always tell people is test, test, test. Because again, Dara, you may do it and you go, oh, Kathy, I'm getting all these returns. Well, then you go, don't do it. But then like my friend, um, Paula, she might do it. She sells wonderful collectibles. She never gets stuff back. So then she's gonna do free returns. Like anything, you always test and see what works for you. Yeah, that, that would probably be helpful, especially for the sellers that have started over the past year, year and a half, because they're probably a bit nervous to try new things and see what works. So that's a really good piece of advice, actually, to just try it and don't be afraid to change it if it doesn't work out. I know for newer sellers, um, and I'm saying newer sellers that probably have like under a thousand listings, there's always a degree of nervousness about finances because what you're scared of is you're going to sell a bunch of things and then you're going to get a bunch of returns. And if you're doing free returns, in a way you could be incentivizing people um, to use the item in return. So if you're new, 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 I would not do free returns. <laughs> I would have, take them. I always encourage people to take returns. And I think a 30 day return policy or better is best. Um, and I know with OptiSeller, I'm sure you have tons of data on you know, different return policies, but I would always say you know, 13 days or longer if you wanna be competitive. Um, uh, but then the buyer pays the shipping. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that way you're offering the return because by not offering returns, you really can stop people from shopping with you. Not that they're looking to return the item, but they're nervous. Um, but typically it's always there's category changes in item specific. So as soon as you know, um, and sometimes they will preview it and they've talked about this. So in your seller hub dashboard, you will see soon to be required. And what that means is that item specific for a category, and let me, I'm just trying to pick one. Um, so let's say it's um, electronics, which has a lot of item specifics because you've got manufacturer numbers, you've got brands, you've got all kinds of things. If you see in your seller hub, you log in one day, because this happened to me, gosh, about a year ago when it was for DVDs, because they changed the required item specifics on DVDs soon to be required the sooner you can add those one it's just a lot less work because it means it's going to be required soon which means um you won't be able to do new listings without using that required item specific and if it's going to be required the other thing is it means it's very important and if it's important it means it impacts you in search and you always want to be doing things that help you in search so if it's soon to be required, it's always, you know, you want to get on that as quickly as you possibly can and add the required item specifics. Then they're always going to be a slew of recommended ones. And that's usually the ones that frustrate sellers. I always say is look at what the recommended ones are. Some of them make no sense. It's just, and it's because they're using item specifics for an entire, very, very broad category. So they may not apply to your item, but they will apply to somebody else's. But look at them, because sometimes the ones that are in there are ones that you just would not have thought of. If it's in the item specific, there's a chance that it's going to be in a filter on the left-hand navigation bar. So they're going to be able to sort by color, brand, care. Again, the, the, the drop-downs, colors is always an interesting one, because, for instance, you might have navy blue. And... 
but you still want to use the drop down for color of blue because it's blue because that's the way eBay is going to index it. Now in the title, if there's room, you could put navy blue because people do search navy blue. Um, if there's not room, then it's a great place to put it is in the description because they can look at it at the item. And they're not quite sure, you know, if it's a sapphire blue, they're not quite sure. But then in the description, navy blue in the title, if you have it, navy blue, because that is a color that people search for. Kelly Green's another one. So there's certain colors that people will search for, but it's not in the color dropdown. Always use what eBay's offering you in the dropdown if it applies, because it's going to help you to index with um, filters. But then if you want to, nail polish is a good one um, because it's red or pink or whatever. But if it has a brand name, you know, pretty pink, pretty in pink, then you put that in the title. You put that in the description. Why? Because if it's a brand of nail polish I use, you know, this you just flip it to the bottom. I know what my color is or it has a number and I'm going to be searching by that. I want my pretty in pink zero three. And that's what I'm looking for. So you always put that in too, because some customers are extremely specific and they know exactly what they're searching for. I think that's really important to point out as well, because so many sellers might create their own versions of the item specifics and then drop from search because they've put navy blue, but eBay don't want them to put that. So it's good to point that out, but also to remember and include it elsewhere so that you're being as transparent as possible with what you actually have. eBay gives you the ability to add a custom, which means you're creating it. That's fine, but don't use that and then overlook what eBay's giving you. Um, for something like the color navy blue, because it's not in the dropdown, only blue is in the dropdown. My best understanding at this point is use the dropdown, use the blue, and then look at your title, because that's a great place to put navy blue, and navy's not that many characters, and or in your description, is to do it that way. Because the custom item specifics, again, if you want to add them, that's great. But my best understanding is a custom item specific will not show in a filter, which is a search filter that eBay gives shoppers, and shoppers know how to use search filters. Um, it won't show there. So that's why title is a good place to put it and your description is a good place to put it. And one thing I did want to mention with the top rated plus, because it is a little confusing, particularly if you're new, you do need to be on the platform for 90 days to qualify as a top rated seller. You, you can just Google the searches on the internet, look on eBay. There's requirements for how long you're on the platform, quality of your customer service, how much you're selling. You do need to sell more than just a few things. Then you qualify as, as what is called a top rated seller and you'll get notification from ebay you'll, you'll see it in your seller hub when you start you're above standard and then once you qualify as top rated you'll show as top rated to get top rated plus which is a part of the program is you do need to offer same or one business day handling then you need to offer 30 day or better returns and you do need to offer free returns so you could be top rated but not be taking advantage of the top rated plus program to get the 10% final value fee discount. One of the things I love about eBay is that you can very much customize what works for you. Like adding the, adding the new aspects and the item specifics is rec whenever they're required you or soon to be required, as soon as you see that, you really wanna get on that right away. Maybe not that day, but you really wanna get on it like within a day or two. Um, and as quickly as you can, and I know for sellers with thousands of listings, that can be a daunting task because all of a sudden you literally have hundreds 
of soon to be required item specifics. And you know that the sooner you implement them on your listings, it's just gonna be better for you. And like anything, it's, it's sort of like any deadline, it's always good to get going on it as soon as you can. And when there's a lot of changes that happen, I always tell sellers if they're working on this manually and not using a tool, is sort your listings by the ones that are most expensive because, or the ones with the biggest margin, because sometimes your middle line items might actually make you more money because your margin's really good. Just look at it. So like, if you know, like if you have a lot of women's clothing or a lot of toys, and then let's say you just have a little bit of um, coffee mugs or a little bit of um, socks, but you have a lot of women's tops, pull up a woman's top or a couple of tops and look at what the recommended item specifics are and try to look at it non-judgmentally. Like you may think it's a dopey item specific, like why would any, but if it's there, somebody's searching for it with that. Um, sometimes for, uh, for um, serving wear, people wanna know if it's microwave safe or not. Is it stamped on the mug or the dish that it's microwave safe? If it's not, you don't wanna guess, right? Because you don't want something exploding in somebody's microwave. <laughs> But if it is, that's something that matters to people. So it's that whole thing of look at what the recommended, this is when we go out of required. So required is you, you must list with this. This is like a super important item specific aspects. Recommended is it's recommended for the overall category. So above and beyond the mandates, what is your key focus for your store at this time of the year? This time of year is to really stay on top of shipping. I mean, we talked about it a bit before. I'll go in and just spot check tracking, you know, maybe over every couple of days, I'll just click a couple and just see, you know, that they're sort of on their way. Just spot check, like who's shopping with me right now? I am still all over the United States. I am in New York, so I'm East Coast United States. I find as I get closer to Christmas, it'll be more people that are near me. People get very conscious of distance, especially last year because the mail was just a mess. Um, but I just sort of keep an eye on that um, and very much spot check the shipping. And when in doubt, give it a little extra padding because <laughs> there's a lot of mail this time of year. And trust me, your package is not going to be handled like a little fragile vase. It's going to get <laughs> dropped and thrown. Um, yeah, so just pack it well and ship it fast. Definitely. And that will be important again for the reviews, won't it? People will yes. be constantly reviewing. And people check it. I do. I shop on eBay almost every day. So I'll look at the item, I'll look at the pictures, and then immediately I go and check their reviews. If there's comments like this seller was a pain, <laughs> you know, this seller <laughs> took forever to ship. I, I will pay two or three dollars more or four or five dollars more um, to get a seller that has good feedback. Yeah. No, I think a lot of us will be the same on that one. The reviews are it's very worth important. It. It's worth it. It really is. And so if you were to recommend one of the OptiSeller tools to your sellers, and which one would you recommend? So I use OptiSeller. I use OptiSeller because it saves me a lot of time. And if you can give me back 15 minutes in my day, half an hour in my day, a couple hours a week, I'm like, thank you, thank you. Because that's more listings I can do or more family time or more sourcing time. The tool, I was actually playing around with it last night that I really like, the um, eBay store performance dashboard. Yes, yeah. And so I clicked on it, I was looking at it, and what I like, um, so for instance, we have Seller Hub, because some sellers might be, well, Kathy, I've got Seller Hub. Seller Hub is great. I mean, I see my sales data right away. I see stuff that's awaiting shipping. Um, and then I've got links to various parts of my store. 
What's different with the OptiSeller Store dashboard, um, and I encourage you to check it out, is it gives you a snapshot of the performance of your listings and the quality of your listings like that. Um, and that's what I liked is immediately I could see title length for my listings. You know, are you 100% within the title length? And if you're not, what's great is if one isn't or two aren't, it's a hyperlink. So I can click it, which I really liked. So I'm not guessing, like if it says, well, three of your listings are not optimal title length. I'm like, well, what three are they talking about? Mm -hmm. You can click it and you can see immediately. So I'm like, yay. Um, but it has all kinds of data like that. Uh, free shipping, the percentage of your items that are on free shipping. So let's say you're really not doing free shipping and you go, well, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it on this one category. Then it'll show that. And then I can keep an eye on the impact that it has on my sales. And then I go, you know what? It's really working well on that. I think I'm going to add it a little bit. But particularly, it was really, really nice is you see the health and the quality of your listings like a nanosecond. It actually caught three things on um, a couple of listings. I was like, hmm. So I immediately went and corrected that. I'm going to see if I get an uptick. Um, in sales, because it was an item specific, it was recommending to add. And I was like, really on that? But it was a listing I hadn't looked at for a while. I went and looked at it, you know what, sure enough. And it was a recommended item specific, not a required, which is why I hadn't added it. Let's add it. Adding that missing item specific, increasing the title length, just that few characters. It can give you that little extra, extra um, juice, um, that little extra help on your listing, because it is a good listing, but you're just bumping it up just a little bit and it's doing things like that when it's just you know add that aspect again when they make sense okay great um and so what is one key piece of advice that you wish that you would have known at the start of your selling journey i think the big thing is um consistency i think oftentimes particularly at the beginning but this is truthful at, at any part of your ebay selling journey is sometimes it just gets a little frustrating or sometimes you just get a little down. I was actually um, talking about this um, in my membership group, um, love to be selling insiders. I mean, there's sometimes when, you know, you get more returns in a day to sales it's like, ah, is, but it's consistency. And by that, I mean, you give great customer service. Now, again, you may be at a job, you cannot answer the question right away, but when you're on your lunch break, you take your phone, you go out to the parking lot or the break room or wherever it is, you log into your eBay and you answer questions. Why? Because you are a business and you are being business-like. Consistency, and again, consistency can be every day at lunch, I check my messages. Then every day in the evening after our family dinner, I check my messages and get back to my customers. When sellers do, they'll do a lot of eBay like on Monday because they're all fired up you know, from the weekend or whatever. And then they sort of, ignore it for a couple of days or whatever is you may not have time to check your item specifics every day i don't i do mine like about once a week um but it's the consistency look at your week what time do you have to give to your ebay every week every day a certain amount of time every week again it's going to vary depending on your lifestyle and look at what is doable on a regular basis because if you don't if you do like these huge binges what will typically happen is you get burnout you really got to look at what is a healthy choice for you, what is doable day in and day out, you know, to give yourself some downtime, to give yourself family time, hobby time, but really keep an eye on um, taking care of yourself. And that's why tools like OptiSeller can really help because it gives you time. 
So that's one less hour I'm working a day or half an hour less I'm working a day because I'm using this tool. The reason you're not getting the sales that you could is because your listings aren't optimized because they're really not getting found by search because of the way um, you've written your listings. And then you have great tools like OptiSeller and people like Kathy to help you out. And have fun. I was thinking about that too, Dara. Um, like again, when I hear a cha-ching on my phone, I still get excited. I'm still like, yeah, I got a sale. Have fun because that's why we're selling. We're selling so that we have a business that we're in control of and that we enjoy. And it's true, Dara. I, as much as I loved eBay back when I started and I love eBay just as much, if not more now. That's so lovely to hear, especially after 15 years that you still love it. That would be nice for sellers that are just starting out. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, come listen to my podcast, come listen to my YouTubes. Um, I'll cheer you along. I know you will too. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That's all the questions that I had for you. It was lovely to chat to you. No, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much, Kathy. You're welcome. So we have now reached the end of the very first episode of the OptiSeller podcast. Thank you so much to Kathy Terrell. I know so many of you will have found that chat really useful. And thank you to everyone who's had a listen. If you have enjoyed, please leave a comment, a rating and tell your friends and family about it. Make sure you subscribe because we'll be back next month where we will be joined by Bert Bassett, who is one of our most experienced eBay sellers in the company. And I know that he'll have so many great tips and tricks for you guys. We have so much more to come and thanks for sticking around for this very first episode. And if you've been waiting to find out how to get 30% off any OptiSeller plan, all you have to do is go to get.optiseller.com forward slash podcast and enter the code podcast30 to redeem 30% off monthly for an entire year. And this code expires in June 2022. Thanks again, everyone. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and I'll catch up with you in the new year.